Bonfire Babble. Welcome to the Bonfire. Exploring magic with two modern witches. I'm Corey. And I'm Detta. And I'm Conowin. Hi. Hi, Conowin. Conowin's Corner. Okay. There we're we here. go. We're Conowin's little corner of the sky. Yes. And we're celebrating Corey season today, y'all. Corey season is here. Yes. Happy birthday, Aquarians. Yes. Oh, thank you. Happy birthday. Took the words right out because, you know, let's do. No, it's good. Like, let's have the Aquarian wish all the Aquarians. We love that. (laughs) Kicking (laughs) off our season. (laughs) Pretty stoked about it. I'm excited as well. I think. I love it. We have some really cool sort of sneak peeks into our. Not just near future, but distant future coming up. Uh, so, yeah. I'm excited stuff. because I'm still reeling from your 2023. I, <laughs> poof, mind blown. And I'm I- fortunate enough to have a little bit of insight for what the rest of this year is going to look like. So I'm very excited. I have my pen at the ready. I have my paper ready for notes, for important dates, for vibes. I love. I'm ready. Like we're and I have notes, so that's good. All right. <laughs> Let's do it. Tell us everything, Conowin. Okay, so Aquarius season. I will say the week leading into this is kind of crazy, which I'm going to cover a little bit more in detail in a second. But of course, I think everyone is feeling uh, the effects of the Mercury and the past Mars retrograde we've had. They will be direct, thankfully, by Aquarius season on January 20th, which will start. Sun moves into Aquarius January 20th at 1230 in the morning. So we wake up bright and early on the 20th on the Pacific time side, and it is Aquarius season. And Mercury will have just gone direct, and Mars will have been direct for about a week or so. And I will tell you, even though it's like, yay, they're direct, they're out of retrograde. Whenever a planet is moving direct, or or stationing is the correct word, stationing direct or stationing retrograde, it is at its most powerful. It's kind of like, when you're about to do a slingshot and you're holding it, you know, at the most point of tension, that's what the planet feels like. So there's been a lot of urgency in the air, I think, and noise and busyness and craziness. I think a lot of people are feeling a little burnout, tapped out, just sort of split in a million directions. And of course, Mercury and the energy of Gemini for Mars has really been like amping that up. Plus, as we talked about in the 2023 whole thing. Jupiter's in Aries right now really just telling us to go, go, go. So there's a lot of like movement forward that we're feeling. But because the planets are still pretty stationary as they're stationing direct, it's kind of feels like we have all this tension build up and we can't get anywhere yet. It's just like we're running in circles or running on a hamster wheel. So as the sun moves into Aquarius and we start heading forward into this season, we're going to start feeling that wheel finally moving, I think. And things are going to straighten out a little bit feel a little bit easier. But we have a lot of surprises in store for this season. Of course, it wouldn't be Aquarius without (laughs) some surprises. Uh, We are ruled by Uranus after all. In fact, we are ruled by not just Uranus, but also Saturn. Saturn is the traditional ruler of Aquarius. Saturn is kind of ruling that furthest possible boundary and the fixed nature of Aquarius where it's kind of stuck once it's determined what it's thought process and values and belief system is, Saturn says, okay, here's my set of boundaries I'm going to operate within here now. 
And then Uranus being the modern ruler of Aquarius, right? Uranus is the rebels of all of the planets. And that's really putting it very mildly. Uh, It's the revolution. It's that energy that says, I must be free. It's in divine inspiration, which kind of gives the Aquarius energy that mad scientist quality like, you know, experimenting away and using its inspiration to come up with these brilliant ideas. And they are so determined to be themselves. A lot of people say, oh, they're the rebel. Oh, they're just determined to be different or whatever. I really think of it more as they're determined to be their authentic selves. And it doesn't matter how weird that looks. That's what they're comfortable in. That's what they want to be. And what I love about the Aquarian message is that ultimately, It's an acceptance of the fact that we are all unique and that we are all equal as well. So it's seeing that unity within all of us and that unique, you know, different, amazing, wonderful quality in all of us that makes us different and who we are. While we have this, these two energies that rule Aquarius, right? Saturn is in Aquarius currently. It's been there for a number of years now, just a couple years. And it will be there until March. So throughout this whole season, Saturn is very comfortable. It's in its rulership of Aquarius. It's been there for a while. We're used to that. That feels comfortable. Uranus, of course, has been in Taurus now since 2019. So we're kind of used to the craziness that this is. However, Uranus is slowing down because it's going to go direct during this season. So we have a very, very strong Uranian flavor to this because Uranus, again, is getting pulled back at that point of tension in that slingshot. It's standing still. It's going to start moving direct because it's been going retrograde since August, which I'm going to go into a little bit more in a moment. But during this ingress, right, we look at the chart when the sun moves into Aquarius or ingresses into Aquarius, and that can kind of give us a flavor for what the season's going to look like. So Mars and Mercury, as I said, have just moved direct. And we're definitely feeling that urgency, that busyness with Jupiter and Aries there. It's making us all pretty passionate about ideas right now. I know on a personal level, we've had a number of ideas that I was like, we have to do this tomorrow. And then I went, slow down, give myself time, take my own advice, write it down and don't feel like I need to panic. (laughs) So I hope if you all are getting, you know, any kind of feeling of urgency, write it down and take a breath, right? It's it's a period of this right now. We also will have just had the sun conjunct Pluto, which it only does once a year. So it's a big deep transit. It's right at the very end of Capricorn. So right before it hits Aquarius, it's going to make that conjunction to Pluto because Pluto's at the very end of Capricorn. So that's kind of an illumination of the shadow side. So something dark may have been illuminated, come out into the open It may be something that you're able to heal karmically, or karmically something is triggered for you and again comes out into the open. Think about that sunshine shining a light on the underworld. So that can be kind of uncomfortable. Um, We might still be reeling from that. But what I will say is the sun, you know, brings life and vitality to something. And the only way we can heal the dark, right, is by bringing light to it and bringing it out in the open. So it may even be something that is motivating you or pushing you toward those new moon goals that we have right on the like beginning of this season with that new moon in Aquarius, just the very next day at one degrees. And then the only real aspect what's interesting during this whole um, ingress of sun into Aquarius is that the moon is going to be conjunct Mercury and it's trine and sextile with the nodes. So what to me that says is our heart and our minds are kind of in alignment and something is forcing us to grow, but it's not a forcing as in like the square energy where it's tense and it's uncomfortable and it's making us do something. It's a trine and a sextile. So there's a relationship here. There's a flow. There's a harmony here where uh, suddenly it's like, okay, something is aligning within us 
We know where we need to grow. We know where we need to evolve. And now we're into this fresh new season. And Aquarius ultimately has a lot of hope in it. We talked about that a lot in the 2023 episode. And I think that, you know, we're starting to really feel like, okay, everyone is kind of breaking new ground. This new year is getting underway. And we're starting to see that sun rise in this new season. Um, very in bulk energy too. I think the dreams ahead, right? As we're looking midwinter at the spring coming down the line. And there's a lot of hope in the air, I think, with this. Um, and it's a little bit quieter of an ingress chart, which I like, despite all the urgency we've been feeling. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I so, am. I'm still feeling hopeful. Yeah, still feeling pretty hopeful. I know that this month I make it an extra point to like not try to overburden myself with things to do. And for the last like two weeks, unless it's something for the podcast or something I have to do for work, I'm not interested if it's work. Uh, unless it is relaxing or doing something fun for me, I'm not interested. Uh, so I feel like I force myself to sort of like do that, take a step, take a breath, slow down, uh, which is great considering the planets this year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mandatory slowdown time. <laughs> Big fan. And just remember, it doesn't feel that way, right? The energy is not telling us to do that. It's making us feel urgent. Yeah. So My energy is like very contrary to what I would like to do yeah. right now. It's like very frenetic and very like, you should probably get up and do stuff. And I'm like, mm, I think actually instead what I will do is I will smoke a joint and play God of War and then you will shut up. <laughs> yeah. I love it. And it will be great. <laughs> and you will shut up. I love that. <laughs> And this is why we'd like learn about astrology, right? When all that frenetic energy is in the air, we can know with a little bit of foresight, like what's actually coming down the line, how we can best manage this. And sometimes, yeah, it's like and planets, I hear you, but I'm not going to listen to that right now because down the line, you're going to be telling me something else. So bravo. <laughs> and for all you out there, take some deep breaths and slow down. It's going to be okay. It doesn't have to get done tomorrow. So why don't we talk about this Aquarius new moon, which is happening on January 21st. It's at 12.53 p.m., so in the middle of the day for our specific time, folks, at one degree. Now, I know I say this every episode, but I just want to reiterate, the best way to sort of figure out what is the best way to work with this moon, if you can, is get your natal chart out. You will need a time of birth for yourself. And find where one degree of Aquarius is in your chart. See what house that's in, which if you look at your chart, it's like the pieces of the pie. They're, they should be numbered. So if it's in your second house, go look up on the internet. Okay, what's the meaning of the second house? And that gives you the arena in which what this new moon is kind of about for you. Now, obviously, if you have your own feelings about this new moon, if you're feeling very motivated for it, do that because that's going to be far more powerful than something you're looking up on the internet. But if you are looking for something to manifest or trying to find some way of using this energy and you want some inspiration, definitely try using your natal chart. I know for me, it's helped in the past and been very successful because that's where the energy is for you and you personally, which is kind of cool. All right. So, this new moon, when it occurs, it will be sextile Jupiter and Aries. So I definitely think all of that motivational, passionate energy is feeding into this. It's in good, harmonious relationship with this moon. Mercury will still be moving very, very slowly, still having been in its sort of stationing place. Um, and it's in a gorgeous sextile to the node still, just like it was the day before when Aquarius happened. So that's really our mind, again, being in synchronicity with how we need to evolve and grow, respecting where we've come from, the lessons we've learned, and how we're moving forward into that place of highest calling. I have a question, and this is just sort of a like, I want to make sure I'm doing this right. Yeah. 
because I had my natal chart brought up beforehand because I knew you were going to say, heck yeah, here is how you do it. You have my natal chart. I do. Okay. So one degree Aquarius for me is in my third house. Bravo. Yes. Shit. Yeah. (laughs) I think mine is too. It is. (gasps) Correct. Yeah. I can say it. You did it. Awesome. Listen, everybody. If I can learn how, anybody can. (laughs) That's so, I'm so cool. happy for you guys. Like, bravo. I see it. I, I had it all to, there. I have to remember that it goes counterclockwise. Yes, it goes wetter shins. That yeah. <laughs> really screws my whole, just really freaks my bean. Yeah. <laughs> it's all because of you, Conowen. Yeah. All this is, you're you. the only reason I know how to do it. <laughs> Well, it's been my pleasure, and I'm so happy. And I hope, I hope that in the past I've explained this, it's made some sort of sense, and that you out there are able to use this. I'm so thrilled, you guys. <laughs> it's so sweet because I have it. I always put it in the notes so I can tell you guys where it is. Um, but the fact that you both had it and knew it, like bravo, awesome. Um, yeah. So hopefully, I can get into. <laughs> everyone's doing a happy dance in this room. I love it. The energy for this season, I love it already. It's so bubbly. Uh, and so, <laughs> where's I'm, your or or are you sharing that this oh time? I can share it no yeah mine is in the yes. 11th house so oh. let me go into mine and then I'll go into you guys because I have some notes um and then I want to actually so before that can we rewind a little bit only because Absolutely. there's a few interesting things with this new moon that I want you to think about when I'm telling you your arena that this is in because it's kind of a it's kind of a strange <laughs> one no I'm sure. so glad you said that that was awesome uh so that's how we do it folks right and remember the houses go Wittershins they start on the left side or the western side even though technically we call it the eastern side anyway and they move Wittershins around the clock so um As I said, Mercury, so our mind is kind of in that alignment with where we've come from, where we're going. Uh, It's in a great relationship with these dreams, these aspirations, these passions that we're getting in and feeling and believing in. There's a lot of belief in this new moon, which I love. And the really kind of cool thing is um, I've talked about septiles a couple times on here, but this is like, try to think of it as like a seven-pointed star inside of the chart. And it's a very like otherworldly aspect. A lot of astrologers don't talk about it because it's kind of a minor aspect. It's one of those that just isn't really like going to hit you really strong necessarily. But I find that there's a lot of magical potential here for all of us magical folks. So really like think about it in terms of like contacting aliens, which is so Aquarius. I love this, right? So the sun will be in septile to Neptune. Very, very (laughs) dreamy, right? Neptune being all the things we can't see or touch, but we can feel. And so the sun is in this sort of like crazy alien-esque like (laughs) sci-fi aspect talking to Neptune. So really like exploring other dimensions and worlds. And Neptune's also in a septile to Uranus. So all that divine inspiration. So if you're if you're planning on doing any kind of like meditative astral traveling moments, like this is so a great (laughs) new moon for that. I mean you're in the darkness of night and just go places. Because you never know what you might find or who you might contact. Please do so safely and responsibly, as always. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm just so excited. It's very Aquarian, which I love, right? Septile Aquarian energy to me is very synonymous. So anyway, so that flavor is on this new moon when it happens. So mine being in the 11th house is about um, 11th house is like dreams, hopes, wishes, community, friendships, everything that kind of exists outside of me that I relate to and have to sort of find my place in. So, you know, that could literally be doing a ritual with a bunch of folks and seeing what happens, right? Or it could just be a new goal around.
around how I'm going to show up and act in my community. And then both of you have it in your third house, which I love for you because the third house is really heavy in communication. <laughs> so um, think of it kind of as a mercury house. So it's like it's short-term travel, it's transportation, it's siblings, it's talking, it's your voice, it's social media, it's texting, it's it's all the things that are mercurial. So really, I mean, a lot of, I think, <laughs> obvious places here where you can use this to your advantage and truly communicate with whatever, whomever you would like to. <laughs> so, you know, any kind of writing is a great one if you want to do any spell with writing or singing is another great one to use, music in general. So yeah, definitely a very interesting one. And Corey, just as a note for you, uh, the new moon is one degree away from what's called your IC. So uh, that placement in the chart is very, very deep. It's at the very bottom of the chart. It's very karmic. So for you, like tapping into like some sort of a past life would even be something that I would explore if you're interested in that kind of a thing. Um, the IC is the opposite of the midheaven. So I look at the midheaven as kind of our North Star of this lifetime. It's what every everything we're aspiring to be, kind of like the North Node, whereas the IC is like everything we're bringing up from the past, that like core part of our being the most intimate spot that we don't even maybe fully understand because that's truly in that like subconscious place that just like operates in our lives. So any kind of, you know, past life regression kind of thing, <laughs> you know, if, if the, for those of you that are maybe it's operating with your IC or your South node, um, that would be another great placement to work with us. So if you have this new moon conjunct certain planets, you can always look up those planets as well and see okay, this new moon's talking to this planet. What does this planet mean? And how can I interact with it as well? Or a position like your rising sign, your IC, your midheaven. And there's a bunch of other ones as well, of course. So anyway, that my, was all new moon. <laughs> my midheaven is up in, oh gosh, what's the one that looks like a whip? <laughs> I'm gonna let you try to remember that one. I want to say Leo, but I think that's wrong. No, you're right. That's it. Oh, shit. Yeah. Look at me. Yeah. Yeah. The whip. <laughs> I made Evans up in Leo. I've never like thought of it as a whip before. So that when you said that, I was like, oh, I love it. That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, so. listen, I calls it like I see. Yeah. It. No, I love it. It's perfect. See, that's why that's why we need Aquarians. <laughs> you guys give us a different perspective. Plus, as a Leo, I'm always like, oh, like divinely inspired by something an Aquarian would say, because I am the opposite of that as a Leo. So I learned so much yeah. from my fellow Aquarians. I love you. So my, my Aquarius is down at the bitty bottom and my Leo is up at the tippy top. Yep. That's right. Amazing. Yeah. I'm going to understand this damn birth chart by the time <laughs> I die. <laughs> Good luck because most professional astrologers study their birth chart for their entire life and still learn things I'm about it. Understand how to look at there you go. this birth chart by the time Bravo. I die. <laughs> And I'm here to help. <laughs> Thanks. Awesome. So that's kind of the new moon energy. You guys, obviously, here in the room with us, we have some direction and out there. I hope that it, that's helpful and that you have a wonderful time communicating and doing whatever you would like. And then a couple different transits that are going to be occurring after this new moon are that Uranus going direct. So this is literally the next day. As I said, it's been in retrograde since August 24th. So typically Uranus spends about half the year in retrograde. Um, it's really those points in which Uranus is stationing that we really feel its effects. And of course, in Taurus, this is typically something to do with Earth. Although we've seen it in the past. I know it was, I believe it was last year when it stationed retrograde is when all of of the um, things around 
Afghanistan occurred. So, right. And so the, the Uranus being that like lightning in a bottle energy, that tearing the tower down, it can be a uh, very accidents. It can be very accident prone. It can be, um, disastrous, cataclysmic. It can feel a lot. So earthquakes, volcanoes, like it's literally in the sign of earth right now. So, Again, please be careful, everybody. And um, I, I want, you know, people not to be scared by that because Uranus is also that divine inspiration. So you may get this influx of great ideas because it's going to be moving so slowly. I mean, yes, it goes direct technically on the 22nd, the next day. It will still be at a standstill the day before during this new moon. So that Uranian en- energy is really, really strong at the start of this Aquarius season. And I think that you know, if you can look at that high side of Uranus, how it really benefits us, it's kind of thought to be like the the high side of Mercury or Mercury at its like, you know, finest and most highly operative. So, you know, really quick mindedness and absolute genius. Like you have moments of genius when Uranus does this. So, you know, take advantage of those if you feel like that is working with you and please keep yourself safe, of course, as always. Uh, but that will be a very strong presence in this time. And then shortly after that, we have a really lovely transit, which is Venus is moving into Pisces and Venus loves being in Pisces. She is at her peak when she's in Pisces. She's considered uh, at her exalted, right? She's exalted in Pisces. So <laughs> we love, we love a Venus in Pisces and Aquarius is pretty wacky. And she's been in Aquarius a lot of this point, right? Because it's attracting all those sort of Uranian strange things that like maybe are a little outside of the box, but she moves into Pisces. And this is like the sign of unconditional love and no boundaries. And Venus says, Oh, I want to meld with you. And I want to like combine with you and our souls are going to speak as one and we're together. And it's just like this very you know, warm, fuzzy environment for her. So she's very much at her freest here. She's very happy. And I think it's going to kind of give us all this dreamlike quality again, with Venus being there, and really letting ourselves sort of escape into that fantasy of what reality could look like. And of course, we always want to be careful with the escapism, right? And Venus is attracting that sort of escapism while she's in Pisces. But of course, the true high side of this is this is unconditional love. This is her really connecting with all of us, you know, on a unity level where we're all able to speak to each other without words, right? And through music and poetry and art. So she's very, very much happy here and just at her finest. What day does she go into Pisces? January 27th. Sorry if I didn't say that. Remember day! Yeah, girl! Sorry. I did not mean to yell. <laughs> Guess what I will be doing on the 27th? Mm. Tell us on all. my birthday. I will be vibing at the spa all day, getting my mugwort bath on, getting my Korean food lunch on, getting a massage, getting a facial, getting a pedicure, spending oh, time with me. So good. <laughs> I, if there was ever a way to spend a Venus in Pisces ingress and the fact that it's your birthday, like you go, girl. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm going to come home, going to take get takeout, go play video games. It's going to be a very good day. That's going to be a very good day. I'm jealous. High key jealous. (laughs) I'm so excited for you. I am also very jealous, Kanawan, because where you're going, Corey, is one of my very favorite places in the world. I love it so much. The mugwort bath. I want to install one of those in my home. For real. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. For real. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway. So, yeah, that's all I have to say so far, <laughs> Conwin, about. <laughs> but I am listening and I'm really excited. 
And I'm really excited for this energy. <laughs> I am too. I, I don't want to downplay the seriousness of the Uranus going station. But I think what's nice is the Venus going into Pisces is a few like a, a solid couple days after that. So we'll know what that looks like, you know, whatever okay. it's going to look like at that point. And we can kind of all be like, okay, we need to relax. <laughs> so um, and Uranus doesn't have quite the hold on all of us at that point because Venus will have moved out of Aquarius into Pisces. So I am looking forward to that as well. And then we will be coming up shortly after that on February 5th on the Leo full moon, right? So Leo full moon is going to be at 1029 a.m. Exactly. Of course, we'll see it those surrounding nights and it will be at 16 degrees of Leo. So if you're looking for where that full moon is, find 16 degrees in your chart, whatever house that is, whatever planet that is, that's what you can expect from this Leo full moon. Uh, this full moon is a little on the trickier side. It is going to be in a T-square with the sun and Uranus. So whenever we have a full moon, it's always opposing the sun because obviously in space, we know that the sun and the moon are on opposite sides of the earth. And that's why we can see the moon because it's illuminated. So in a chart, it is always moon opposition sun, but they are both in square to Uranus because everything is in fixed signs. So that's, you know, that's kind of that Uranian energy coming in once again, and it's in that fierce square together with an opposition. So there's quite a bit of tension there. That's kind of like change happening to us folks who are really tired of change, (laughs) Um, you know, and it can feel quite uncomfortable. It's forcing us to move perhaps in a way we don't want to. Again, this is in fixed signs, especially. So if you have a lot of fixed energy, just be ready for this full moon to probably feel a little bit more overwhelming. Uh, But we do have a couple nice aspects to this. It's interesting. I noticed that the sun and the moon are in a sextile and a trine to Chiron. We've seen this actually a lot in the recent full moons where there's this energy around illumination of the things that, you know, have maybe wounded or triggered us in the past and us being vulnerable and having the courage to share those things coming out um, that will will help us heal those things as, as long as we're sharing them and being open about them. So Chiron's been in play with a lot of these full moons we've had. And I think a lot of the full moons we've had and the ones going up, like currently coming up, are going to really force us to get honest with ourselves, get honest with other people, be there for other people in a way that, you know, obviously we can handle and just be open to listening and be open to sharing what you're comfortable with sharing. Because there is healing in that. And Chiron is also going to be sextile to Mars. So there's some aspect of like literally our physical bodies also in some sort of a healing way. But Mars will also be square Venus at this time. And that's that Mars and Gemini square Pisces Venus. So I kind of look at this like, uh, because Uranus being at play with this as well. Something unexpected may occur for us. And again, it could happen to you directly. It could happen to someone you know. And it forces us to grow, right? So kind of look for what are you attracting right now and what <laughs> what potential things or areas are you looking to grow in and to heal from. And it might be in direct conflict with what or how much we're trying to accomplish in the moment. So it feels like, okay, really now, like maybe I was trying to work on this in, in the future or like now you're going to come up for me. I'm busy doing this other thing because Mars and Gemini is very, very busy. It's been busy in Gemini since August. So we have a lot of this Mars Uranus energy kind of in conflict with where our heart wants to be and the healing that we're trying to do. It's a little bit tougher of a full moon. I think there's quite a lot of like push and pull and tension in this, um, but it is in 
in Leo, there is this spirit around playfulness, around being open and sharing joy, having a good time. Of course, please be careful out there. A Leo full moon is like really the sun illuminating that moon at its fullest because the sun loves Leo energy, but it's opposing it. So there's kind of, again, it's a lot of like tension between the sun, the moon, Uranus and Mars and Venus and all this kind of stuff. So just be careful out there. Be kind to yourself. Be careful. I said that like three times, but I mean it. (laughs) And also bring that spirit of Aquarius into what's happening. You know, remember that the unexpected is going to happen and remember to slow down, right? Take that breath and just kind of take it as like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. Okay, (laughs) let's experiment and see where that takes me, right? If you can have that sort of playful scientist energy with it versus a, oh, this is so hard and I want to stand and like not change and this is difficult and I'm mad because this isn't going the way I wanted, you're going to suffer a bit more than if you can kind of play with it a little bit. (laughs) That was a lot. So if, say, 16 degrees was in our 10th house, which is our like social house. Yeah. Would that mean that this is a particularly important time to make sure that the fun, raucous time we're having with our Leo energized friends is also accompanied by lots of clear, open communication with one another? <laughs> Look at you, astrologer. Oh, I love my gosh. <laughs> and I have to be the student in the back not understanding. I can't find mine. I, it's empty. Leo's empty for me. <laughs> so first of all, I want to assure you, you don't have any empty houses, but you may not have any planets okay. in there. And that's okay. It just uh, means it's being ruled like a satellite. So there's a planet, which in this case, it's the sun that's ruling that house for you. So okay. I'm going to back up a little my bit. Seventh house, my seventh house and my 12th house have no planets in them. And it's very common. Some people have only planets in three houses or two houses, right? That's called a stellium. Some of us, like me, have what's called a splat chart where it looks like a hot mess and there's planets everywhere. (laughs) So, But there are no empty houses, right? It's just a little bit of a concentration of energy, but they are all operated by certain planets. So thank you, Jenna, because that brings up a great point that I get a lot of questions about. So great. Rewinding back to what you were saying, I want to just add a little bit more emphasis to this because you called it the social house and it is a very social house. But the 10th house specifically is the house of legacy and career and big dreams. It's it's literally who are you showing up as in this world and what are you leaving behind? So I would look at this too as like, you know, this is kind of illuminating, right? Because full moon illuminates and shows us uh, not just like, you know, the open communication you need to have in a social aspect, but really going further than that and like, what am I doing here on this planet to heal myself in order to accomplish the dreams I want to do. And you may get that in a way that feels contrary to what you're doing right now because of that Mars energy, that Uranus energy, something unexpected might get in your way, feel like an obstacle. So again, remember to treat that playfully like an experiment if you can. Obviously, sometimes obstacles come in our way that we can't treat as playfully, so I don't want to diminish that. But if you're able to, Try to find a lighter side of it or just roll with it. Expect the unexpected here and recognize this is trying to grow you and trying to heal you. It's just doing so in a way that probably feels a bit uncomfortable because that's all the squares involved, right? And then Detta, for you, this is happening in your ninth house. Okay, good. I did figure that out. Yay. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) So for you, the ninth house is, it's kind of the higher education house. Um, It's, I look at it as like, the house of the world out there, right? So it's it's forms of higher education, like college, like university, it's law, it's justice, it's travel, right? For me, I like look at this for you. And I'm saying, okay, 
this might be, you know, maybe it's a gap in your knowledge that you need to fill where you're like, oh, okay, like I need to learn this right now in order to go forward because knowledge is really the core of this house where it's like, okay, I, I want to go learn about things that are outside of myself in order to better understand not just myself, but my, my role in society, my role in this world. It might be something that perhaps happens in another culture in another place, that unexpected thing. And suddenly you find yourself learning more about it because it kind of takes hold of you in that way, right? It can also just, like I said, be maybe a gap in your knowledge where you're like, oh crap, I got to learn about this before I can go forward. <laughs> right? okay. And so remember, remember that illumination and try to view it as like, okay, I'm learning a new skill. I'm learning a new thing right now. I'm being exposed to different viewpoints, different cultures, different energy. And how is this better like informing me as a person? I'm okay with that. <laughs> as a Sagittarius, I figured you would be. Because <laughs> that is kind of the house of Sagittarian energy, which we love. So, And for myself, uh, I'm actually having it in my sixth house conjunct my Venus exactly. So that's going to be really interesting. Uh, I won't go into the rest of my chart, but I saw that and I was like... Oh. Oh, that's going to hit me square in the noggins. I've, I've got some fun stuff there, but it's in my house of like hard work and routines. So that'll be a good time. Uh, <laughs> we'll figure right out what that means. Noggin. Yeah. Future Conowin can figure that one out. <laughs> I'll leave that for her after the Aquarius new moon and I make some goals about it. So, and then after that, we're going to have a kind of a crazier transit. So Pluto's going to move into the 29th degree of Capricorn and it will be there from February 11th to March 23rd. This is all in preface to it moving into Aquarius, which I'm not going to go into deep detail because we just went through that with all of the parts of the 2023 podcast that we did. <laughs> um, so definitely listen to that if you're interested. But what I find interesting about this particular Aquarius season is uh, it feels like sort of that hint, that precursor, that preview, that first trailer, first look coming out into that Pluto and Aquarius energy. So all this Uranian stuff happening, all the hope that's potentially there, the dreams that we're feeling, I think this is kind of that just little bit of a sneak peek into, okay, what is Pluto and Aquarius going to feel like? Because at the end of this, it's moving into that 29th degree. It's wrapping up a bunch of lessons of Capricorn. We're feeling the end of this. It's going to kind of feel a little bit crisis because <laughs> Pluto at 29 degrees can bring on crisis. And so it's going, I can't move forward until I fix what is behind me, what I still have left to do, and how do I balance the two energies. So I will say from about a February 11th onward, it might feel a little bit tougher, but this is a very slow transit. So it may not even affect you that deeply. It may be something that is the result of all these Uranian energies we're feeling. Um, just be aware of that as Pluto is moving through. And if you have any planets at 29 degrees, Pluto will be talking to them. So that's really deep karmic healing, that shadow self, that's a lot of deep stuff happening. If you have Pluto at tw if you have planets at 29 degrees Aquarius anything so i would say 29 any degrees yeah. anything yeah pluto is talking to that on some level right so if oh, you, if you're checking that out right like look at what that planet is look at what pluto means and imagine pluto talking to that what what does that bring up for you right so uh pluto at 29 degrees is a very very deep transit and it's 
very slow, right? Because it's moving from February 11th all the way to March 23rd. It's going to take that long to get through that single degree. So it's a slow, deep moving transit. It's happening under the surface. Shadow stuff is coming up. Karmic stuff might be coming up. So just be aware of that, right? And it's nothing to panic over and worry about because again, Pluto is moving very slow. What I will say is oftentimes this presents itself as challenges um, from authority figures because Pluto is all about control and about empowerment and power. So if you're feeling like suddenly you're getting confronted by people who are in a more powerful position or trying to exhibit power over you, this is Pluto saying, okay, it's time for you to show up and empower yourself. So that's, yeah, that's going to be happening sort of at the tail end of this. And what I love is the, the next day we have Mercury moving into the exalted sign of Aquarius. So Mercury loves being an Aquarius because it's that zany, like fun energy and Mercury like is ping ponging around, like having full of ideas and lots of like stuff is happening in Mercury's head and it can just keep all of it together and make it all happen. And so Mercury loves being in Aquarius. It moves right there on February 12th. So it kind of gives us like, again, that divine inspiration, that like genius moment, and that very busy energy. Mercury being in any air sign is a lot of energy. So while we have these maybe deeper transits happening underneath the surface, Venus, of course, is lounging in Pisces, just in dreamland over there. Mercury's at its highest exalted place as well. So we're kind of at like tip top, like uh, what's the best way to put this? We're kind of in like the best case scenario in a lot of these personal planets while all this deeper stuff is happening. Stuff is is moving where it likes to move and it's comfortable. So other than Uranus. So everyone hold tight for Uranus. It's going to be a wacky season. <laughs> but because um, I don't want to downplay that. But I think overall, we are seeing that sneak peek of the future, which is very much the Aquarian theme is the future. And then Pisces season will start on the 18th. That is so funny that it's like the future, because right now my aesthetic, my musical taste, my every fixation I have right now is on like 80s. Like the 80s and early 90s. Mm-hmm. Like because that's old, the best era ever. Like old metal and like synthwave and like neon and just like very deeply into that uh, rainbow in the dark kind of vibe. And I think that's so funny. We're looking for all of our 29 degrees. I don't have any planets on my big outside ring that are at 29 degrees, but... I, you know, I have stuff at 25 and I have stuff at 33. And With Pluto specifically, I would give that a really tight orb. So really 29 degrees. If it's not hitting that, Pluto's not talking to it directly. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Yay. Well, <laughs> yeah. Then my Pluto is keeping to itself. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, if for anybody out there, I'm like, I always want to mention the 29th degree just because it's a little bit like, you know, <laughs> last light of any sign. <gasps> Just kidding. I have one. What is it? Oh, which one do you have? I have one. It's a circle with a line mm-hmm. and another line and two little curvy lines. That girl, that's your Uranus. <laughs> that's my Uranus. Yeah. It's at 29 degrees. It's in my third house. Yep. Talking to that. So Great. your your Aquarian season is chock full of Uranus. <laughs> that's fine with me. Yeah. So look up Uranus. Like <laughs> that's tower card energy again. I love you and I'm sorry. Um, but that's no. like transformation, right? I mean, like new year, new you, new age, everything. Like that's kind of 
synonymous. So it's going to be positive. I mean, we did indeed. Yes, you are. So yeah, you got this. We're good. So after Mercury moves into Aquarius and we have this zing and bolt of new energy, Pisces season will start a couple days later on the 18th at 2.35 p.m. So that is Aquarius season, folks. Wacky zany, whoa. (laughs) But full of good stuff. And I'm so excited to be out of Mercury retrograde. I really am. I know we're in the shadow a little bit. But I have to say that I felt... And I think I would have felt this even if I didn't know it. The 12th of January felt so much lighter to me than I have felt in a very long time. A very, very long time. Mm -hmm. I was just like, well, that's cool. (laughs) And I also found out, we talked about on the Imbolc episode, which you all have not heard yet, but you will, that there's this comet. That's in our orbit right now. And and it's got a long number filled name. And Corey, you're calling it I called it Tudors. Tudors. We're like calling T O O T E R S Tudors. And we haven't seen it here on this planet for fifty thousand years. And probably won't see it for another fifty thousand years. And on the twelfth, it was closest to the sun that it was gonna get. And on Imbolc we're going to be able to see it with our naked eye in the northern hemisphere, not the southern hemisphere. Sorry, everyone. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm just excited. We're just jazzed. Yeah. This Pluto Aquarius energy is wild, folks. <laughs> like, I'm hearing, okay, <laughs> comet, like, coming. A lot of astrologers have jokingly said that Pluto and Aquarius is when the aliens make contact. <laughs> I hope so. It feels a little an- interplanetary. So, you know, just the little, like, few vibes of this Aquarius season. Again, it's kind of the, like, it's not like the trailer. It's not the full-length 30-second trailer. It's like mm-hmm. the five-second trailer that you have no idea what the movie's about. The That's teaser. what we're getting. Yeah, the teaser, oh. precisely. Thank you. That's what we're getting, alive. I think, this season. Uh, I want to be alive for the trailer and the show when it gets here. I think you will. I mean, I hope Pluto so. and Aquarius, remember, we know it's going to last like 20 years. <laughs> oh, yes, we do. Yeah. Yes, we do. Yes. Yeah. I would, yes, we do. I think meeting other beings would be so freaking cool. It's about time. As Except, long as it is cool. <laughs> yeah. I think if yes, Earthlings could get their shit together and not immediately attack anything that's different, that'd be really fun for us. Yeah. So that might, they might not be ready to pop down yet. I wouldn't blame yeah. them. Unless, of course, they're taking over and then we're fucked. <laughs> then Pluto's really burning it all to the ground. Thanks, man. <laughs> oh my God. Thanks, bud. Awesome. <laughs> Just living up to your brand. Awesome. There you go. Way to be Pluto. Yeah. <laughs> you Honestly, bad boy. It's important to like stick to your brand. Yeah. Right? <laughs> brand stories are important. That's <laughs> all the marketing is a lie. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much, Conowen. My As pleasure. Always. I am feeling very prepared, very excited, and yeah, very too. excited the fact that I'm starting to understand how to read my ding dang chart. Yes. The best. <laughs> so proud. <laughs> and I hope all of you out there are also reading your chart and feeling good well hey everyone until next time be well act with intention and don't forget you are magic thank you so much for listening please if you are so inclined follow us on our socials which is instagram facebook and tiktok at bonfire babble podcast you can also follow us or join us on patreon at bonfire babble witches 
on Patreon and our website at bonfirebabble.com. You can also join our community on Discord by clicking the link in our link tree. If you're into snail mail, you can send us that at P.O. Box 16341, Seattle, Washington, 98116. And if you want to do that electronic thing, we're at bonfirebabblepodcast at gmail.com. Please also, if you have a moment, leave us a rating or a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen. It helps us out. It also helps other people find us. Yeah, and if you do it on Apple where you can actually write something, we will shout you out your name. Thank you again for listening. Bonfire Babble Podcast recognizes that we live and record on the traditional lands of the Duwamish tribe. We honor their past and present stewardship of the beautiful land and the life-giving energy they provide. To learn more about the tribe, go to realrentduwamish.org.